Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, May 23rd. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Caroline Ely. And I'm Christina Lulich. Here's What's What near you. Commuters in New York City can expect an increase in transportation fares and tolls. This week, the MTA proposed raising subway and bus fares to $2.90 from their current price of $2.75. It's about a 4% increase. Weekly metro cards will go up from $33 to $34, and monthly passes would increase from $127 to $132. The hike also includes Easy Pass tolls, which are expected to increase by 7%. That includes the six major MTA crossings, like Robert F. Kennedy Bridge and the Queens Midtown Tunnel. Public hearings will be held in June, and a vote will take place in July. If approved, the fare hike will go into effect by September. New Yorkers who head to the beaches and pools this weekend for Memorial Day might run into some reduced hours. That's right, Caroline. Right now, the city only has about a third of the lifeguards it needs to patrol beaches and pools this summer. This could lead to beaches being left unattended in the beginning of the summer and many pools having fewer hours. But in hopes of recruiting more lifeguards, the city did agree to increase pay for this summer, and lifeguards who work through mid-August are eligible to receive a $1,000 bonus. Fleet Week kicks off tomorrow, and the city's prepared to celebrate the U.S. Navy, Coast Guard, and the Marines. It's the 35th annual celebration of the week-long event. Fleet Week was created to build a strong relationship between military personnel and civilians. Throughout the week, New Yorkers can watch the parade of ships and military band performances. Taylor Swift is headed to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey this weekend. But with tickets starting at $1,500, many fans won't be able to live out their wildest dreams of seeing her in concert. But for fans who won't be able to make it to MetLife, there's a new exhibit opening this weekend at the Museum of Arts and Design in Columbus Circle. It's called Taylor Swift Storyteller, and it features some of her most iconic past concert and tour outfits. If you're a fan of the band Japanese Breakfast, you'll be happy to know that lead singer Michelle Zahner's memoir is being adapted into a film. The novel Crying in H Mart is a number one New York Times bestseller. It tells a story of Zahner's life primarily focusing on her relationship with her mother. And on her Instagram story this week, she announced an open casting call to find someone to play her in the film. Today in entertainment history, Eminem released his third groundbreaking album, The Marshall Mathers LP. The autobiographical album was one of the fastest-selling records of all time in the United States. It debuted at the top of the Billboard 200 and held the number one spot for eight consecutive weeks. It also included several hit songs, including the rapper's first U.S. Top 10 hit, The Real Slim Shady, which became an international sensation. Strike a Chord is WFUV's public service campaign. Each quarter, we choose to highlight nonprofits in the New York City area that do work centered around a specific theme. This quarter, our focus is the heart of art. We take a look at organizations that use various mediums to spread kindness and hope in our community. WFUV's Isabel Danzis has more. I'm Milena Luna, and I am the Interim Executive Director at Dance NYC. Could you briefly describe for listeners what Dance NYC does? Dance NYC aims to address economic inequity in the New York City metropolitan area dance workforce by equipping dance workers, independent artists, and dance-making entities and organizations with the principles, practices, and resources to address 
issues of financial inequality that too often prevent dance workers and entities from reaching their full creative potential. All right, great. And could you just elaborate a little bit on how your organization helps to achieve that goal? Is it providing artists with stipends? Is it providing classes? How do you kind of go about that? Yeah, well, overall, how we serve our community um, is through advocacy, right? Uh, Through research, um, through convening uh, leadership and training, and through grant makings. And then could you briefly describe some of the barriers that the people that you serve face getting into dance? Something that we have identified and we we identified through different research that we do, which is the state of NYC dance, which is um, what is how is dance um, at the moment? Um, And we are currently undertaking this landmark um, census. It's a dance industry census. It's a research study to better understand the size, makeup, health, and state of the dance ecosystem in the metropolitan New York City area um, in order to address the economic injustices in the field. So though that is right now one of the areas that we've identified as a barrier, right, is um, the the pay gaps, the pay equity, and and um, that there's there are so many economic injustices in the field. And then I guess kind of why is increasing access to dance through this way important? It's important because economic inequity in New York City is a real thing, right? Um, for the workforce, and um, what we our goal is is to equip dance workers and independent artists with principles, practices, and resources to address issues of financial inequality. Um, that very often, you know, prevent dance workers from reaching their full creative potential, right? And we want them to reach their full creative potential because they give so much, right? Not only to the, like, financial economy, but the creative economy, right? To the health. Um, This has come through, like, many, much research as well, um, post-COVID. It comes back to the health of a city. Um, and so that's why uh, this this initiative, this program, and um, addressing economic inequity is going to help advance um, the artistic development and delivery, and um, so that it could also contribute to like the field's overall health. In, in your opinion, what does kind of dance provide to people beyond just an activity to do? How does it kind of connect with like the emotional, mental, and spiritual side of people? Yeah. It's 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 huge. It's it's we always we always think about like moving where which it's just the body, but it's when you move your body, it's it's connected to spirit. It's connected to the emotional. You use the, the that word um the spiritual part of it, and um that is what dance NYC wants. Um, you know, with all of the work that we do, we want that movement to continue, right? That movement that affects um, and that penetrates, right? That impacts um, not only an individual, right? But as you mentioned, it, <clears throat> you know, it, it impacts individuals so that it impacts the community, right? And it impacts the city, it, it impacts the state. That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis speaking to Milena Luna about Dance NYC and their work helping dancers in the city. And that's our show for today. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Caroline Ely. Check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for more news, music, and culture. 
and tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.